Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. Go to strengthguild.com, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-G-U-I-L-D.com. Scroll down to the Iron Radio Collections, and we've got new shirts and new banners for you to support the show. Everything from just a regular banner, regular shirt, to ones with sayings on them, like Lonnie's Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree shirt. And some news for you, we're going to have some contests for people who own these shirts and things. So if you support the show, we'll let you more on that later. So if you get in on these early, you can be one of the first people to win some prizes. So, thank you very much. Go check out the site, strengthguild.com. Scroll down to Iron Radio Collections and support the show. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor of about 20 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach, a powerlifter, occasional Highland Games athlete. I run Strength Guild. Nice. This is Dr. Mike Nelson, creator of the Flex Diet Certification, associate professor at the Kerrig Institute, and still down in South Padre, Texas, and got out kiteboarding three times yesterday and Ooh. didn't lose a vehicle to the upcoming tide, so I'm happy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've been watching horror stories. Like It's a show called I Survived, and several of them were people like flooding, so that made me think of you, oh, so getting trapped yeah. in floods and tides and... Yeah. I was watching it coming up because it was kind of coming up. I'm like, oh, we'll be all right. And then it started coming up a little faster. And then the road to get out of there, like, disappeared because it's just a beach anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily I had been out there before and I watched one other vehicle go out. But it's a little scary when you put the windshield wipers on because there's water hitting the windshield from underneath. But that is scary, it. man. <laughs> God. Yeah. And you're uh, driving on uh, hopefully a beach. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good thing I knew where to drive. Otherwise, it's yeah, it's quite paradoxical because the where it's hard pack is actually more wet because the water isn't going to seek yeah. through. So if you don't know that and you try to avoid the water, you'll just bury it. <laughs> you know, I actually I've been watching some stuff about RVing. I've been thinking like ten years down the road toward retirement and stuff. Not kidding. Um, and I'm thinking. I'd like to get an RV and travel around the country, but some of these guys, they park on the beach, you know, cause one of the cool things is you get to go, you can live in your house kind of, but you got to mm-hmm. watch the tides. I've seen some horror stories about that, you know, cause like you wake up in the morning. Oh, I misjudged the tides, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my RV's underwater. Now it's a boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. And there's, I think, is it near Homer, Alaska or <clears throat> somewhere in Alaska where I think they have like the greatest tidal shift. And I want to say it's like several feet within a day, potentially, or something just crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Um, everybody, we are going to talk about social gym irritations today. We probably touched on this a little bit before. And before we hit record, Phil was talking about how he's never really spent time in commercial gyms. So maybe we'll just tap his expertise about, <laughs> you know, how he prevents some of this nonsense at Strength Guild. <laughs> It might be timely because, uh, well, from my own personal perspective, it's time for me to get back to the gym. I've been lifting my basement for a year, and I don't want to keep doing that, right? The variety of the equipment I have, it just isn't there. And 
even just the intensity and the, you know, the social thing can be a motivator too. And I'm pretty introverted. I like to go in there with headphones, do my thing and leave. But just the fact that you're somewhere in a dedicated space at a dedicated time, you know, it's just, it's just better. Uh, anyway, that's also going to reimmerse an introvert like me back into dealing with people. And so <laughs> that's going to bring its challenges. So we're going to talk about mm-hmm. social gym irritants and maybe listeners you can think about. Oh, man, I've seen that one. In fact, send us an email and, you know, let us know if you've had a, a bad experience like that. But a couple news tidbits here. Strength and muscle sport news. These are things that just came up in my classes this week. So um, I thought our listeners might be interested in this. This first one uh, is from Jasper uh, Cantrell. This is through labroots.com. Is there an upper limit to the benefits of exercise? Now, Mike, you've talked about this before. I think with, um, was it metabolic rate and calorie burning? Or like at some point, is there diminishing returns and... Yeah, the constrained uh, hypothesis, which is kind of Ponzer stuff, that at some point, at least with walking, uh, exercise, possibly, there's some other arguments there, too, that you can only expend so many calories from exercise where you just start becoming more efficient at it. They primarily looked at it in hunter-gatherer tribes with walking, and when it translated the data, it was, yeah, once you get above around 15,000 steps per day, you go from 15,000 to 20,000 or 20,000 to 25,000, you're, you're not seeing the same rate of energy use over time compared to being lower in that spectrum. It yeah. just gets capped and nonlinear. That fits with my personal observations. I've known a lot of people who counted yeah. steps per day on the high end. Like these are already fit people. And yeah. you're like, oh, it didn't really change much. My body weight didn't change much. I'm like, well, you know, yeah, yeah. it's going <laughs> to flatline at some point, the efficiency, I would yep. think. Um, this one is not about the real high end. And in fact, we have to be careful interpreting this for our people because this is a, a gen pop uh, study. But um, it says, is there a threshold, again, to the limits of the cardiovascular and health benefits of exercise? Is there a point where running uh, longer doesn't actually help? Uh, whether or not there's an upper threshold to this finding remains conflicted, according to the article. Many studies have found that there uh, is a point of diminishing returns at higher levels of fitness. So there you go, Dr. McGill. Um, questionnaires have been the go-to method of measuring the physical activity of large populations for decades. But questionnaires, of course, rely on patient honesty and accuracy. I think in nutrition that becomes obvious with dialogues, right? But uh, same thing with exercise logs. It says the goal here was to do the same study but with more reliable data. A new survey from teams across the United Kingdom used accelerometers, and they thought that was the key, and that was quite different. Now, Mike, you're already mentioning steps per day. But, you know, the just the ubiquitous nature of Apple Watches, and everybody's got an accelerometer, you know. Um, the student snicker, I say, we used to call those pedometers, right, <laughs> just for – and it's a slight mm-hmm. – it is a different thing in a sense, but where you wear it on your body, we did some research on that. And anyway, uh, this study looked at the data of nearly 90,000 participants over two years. Uh, one of the clearest observations was that physical activity did directly correlate with general lifestyle risk factors. It says those participants on the lower end of the physical activity spectrum were smokers, heavy drinkers, had high body mass, and uh, – previous hypertension. 
those that conducted vigorous physical activity for longer than 90 minutes a week had their risks reduced by more than five times. It says wow. um, the results conflicted with earlier studies utilizing questionnaires, however, as their source of data. Uh, considering accelerometer-based fitness tracking is still relatively new, the study should be taken with a grain of salt. But the study concludes, quote, in this large population-based cohort, higher levels of moderate intensity and vigorous intensity physical activity, uh, as well as total volume, were inversely associated with the risk of incident cardiovascular disease. And here it is, with no evidence of a threshold effect. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. The finding of no threshold effect aligns with the recommendations of the UK chief medical officer's report on physical activity that some physical activity is good, but more is better. So, and again, I think population specificity, right? These are not people at, to your point, Mike, at the 20,000 steps a day, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but this is interesting. At least I'd like to see the scale, right? I don't have this full paper, but. Where does the scale tap out? Like their most active people were how active? You know, but yeah, th- yeah. yeah this is quote more is better close quote. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. The average person just needs to move more. Totally, <laughs> you know, especially today. Mm-hmm. I mean, so with our people, yeah. I mean, the only risk, of course, would be you know the zealots that they're already overtraining, and if they get a more yes. is better message, then they're going to be back in the gym of, for uh, two a days, three a days, yes. you know. Um, yeah, but even then, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a threshold when you're talking, you know, somebody's a freaking eight hundred pound deadlifter. We don't need to go in like we're going to need longer to recover. But one could argue that okay, just get your ass outside and walk, mm-hmm. you know, yes. things like that to recuperate, and that's still moving and exercising. So, and that could actually do some good. So, um, recovery is a good point. Yeah. There's no recovery from walking, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only exception there too, is if you're really trying to gain mass, like doing 20,000 steps a day, unless you want to even really eat more, you may want to back down on the step count for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. You know, actually, I think that's an interesting point that a lot of people, when they try to get in a positive energy balance, they, they default to eat more and that's helpful <laughs> that's true but sometimes you have to do less right to get in that positive yes. energy balance and build some mass yes. totally yeah a lot of time that just depends on how much time you have to eat if i had a choice i'd have someone move more and eat even more but yes, at some point true. you can't spend your whole day eating either <laughs> yeah yes and it brings us back to the old uh any th- sport done to be elite is not for your health yeah, right. <laughs> we're not doing it. Yeah, so maybe yeah. yeah the, let's say the elite weightlifter or whatever has to rest more in this. Not they're not doing it for their cardiovascular health no. or any health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a T-shirt we need. You know that Philism. You know, elite <laughs> sport is not about health. Yeah. No, I got into that the other day with with some people. Yep. They're like, well, my buddy runs marathons and this, and I was like, that's fine. And he's got a resting heart rate of 40. Yeah, okay, well, how's his knees? How's this? How's that? You know, runners and stuff do generally tend to have good blood work and good heart rates, but their knees are screwed. And that's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Orthopedically, most athletes are wrecked, even though their blood markers may say they look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's various aspects of health besides, you know, heart rate and blood markers. But It's, um, it's almost like we planned this, this next study. <laughs> 
um, is uh, it's about high testosterone in health because we were just talking about this, of course. And mm-hmm. this is I did not expect this, but this is International Journal of Cancer 2021. I don't think I mentioned this last week. Um, mm. Prospective analysis of testosterone and sex hormone binding globulin. And listeners, that's just a, a protein in your blood that ties up testosterone and other sex hormones. Um, but basically, with the risk of 19 types of cancer, so high T and 19 types of cancer in men and postmenopausal women in the UK biobank. So I guess we have a British episode today. It says, we investigated the associations of estimated free and total circulating testosterone and SHBG uh, and compared them with 19 cancers in the UK biobank, 182,608 men and 122,112 postmenopausal women. Uh, who are cancer-free at baseline. They got involved in this. Here's the results. In men, higher free T was associated with higher risk of melanoma and prostate cancer. Now, the melanoma one, that bothered me a bit. I have a family history of that. Um, Yeah, so it says higher free T, more melanoma. The prostate cancer, I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. That's a, you know... People on with prostate cancer, they even go on like androgen deprivation therapy and things like that. So, um, yeah, let's hope that hmm. you know doesn't strike uh, any of us while we're young enough to matter. It is worth noting that, that there's more aggressive and much slower types of prostate cancer. But um, mm-hmm. so yeah, the risks here. Let's see, relative risk with melanoma, um, one point three five. So. Yeah, not paltry uh, enough to matter. And, you know, let's face it, uh, growths, yeah, testosterone, I can see that feeding a growth of almost any kind. Um, Prostate cancer, 1.10, so a little weaker, actually. And you will hear pundits around bodybuilding talk about, well, listen, it's also about estrogen levels and, you know, um, lots of other factors, DHT specifically. And it says in postmenopausal women, free and total T and SHBG were associated with risks of endometrial cancer, relative risk 1.59. That's pretty high. Um, mm-hmm. And breast cancer, 1.32. And again, sex-related, sex hormone-related cancer. We conclude a novel association of free testosterone with malignant melanoma in men and confirm known associations between testosterone and risks for prostate, breast, and endometrial cancers. Hmm. So they also looked at liver cancer, um, but that was more questionable, apparently. So, hmm. Just realities, I suppose, like to your point, yep. Phil, you know, like if these guys, like we talked about last week, you want to be high T, that's going to bring a lot of benefits. But, you know, there's usually a downside to most things. So, and yeah, I mean, that's like I try to talk to anybody that comes in. Like, well, one of my buddies had a 14-year-old that's like 105 pounds come in the other day and said he wanted to break Eddie Hall's deadlift record. <laughs> and, you know, you get those those people. And, you know, you have to sit down and have an honest talk with them and be like, okay, here's your goal. Do you realize what you need to do? And where most people fail, the goal always looks great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, beating Eddie Hall seems awesome. Now, when you have to sit down and look at the negatives to his life, that's where shit starts getting like, okay, I don't know if I'm ready to put up with that. (laughs) Right. Mm. That's something you need to do. Honestly, as a person with any goal is like, okay, look at the goal. Now look at what you need to do. And what are the negatives to reach that? You know, am I going to have to spend hours and hours away from my family? I'm going to have to do this, all that stuff. 
it all adds up. It you know, does. Health and, and lifestyle. So I think that's even true with almost anybody who's famous. If you have a truly national caliber or world caliber goal, a lot of these guys have serious dues they have paid, um, suffer, yeah. sufferings <laughs> that you may not yeah. want. Um, the, 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 the accomplishment itself looks great to us from the outside. You know, that's just like the billionaire. Oh, man, he's got a great life. Yeah, but what do you have to do to get there? Yeah. You know, he had to work 80 hours a week and, you know. Or sell like his that. soul yeah. for certain things. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. Sell yeah. out and, you know, your scruples are gone. And, you know, <laughs> is that really worth it? You have to. That's the only question only you can answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew long ago that I'll never be world's strongest man aside from the fact I'm not built for it. But there's just I wasn't willing to do it. <laughs> and that's oh, okay. right. Nope. Same thing with me and pro bodybuilding. Like, it's just not in the card. So how can I enjoy life without making those decisions, right? Yeah, but you can still look up to them and admire them and this and that, and, you, yeah. know, you know, but, and it's okay. But Yeah. I think that's also being realistic, too, mm-hmm. because you see some people who say they want to achieve X, but they're, like you were saying, Phil, their decisions on a day-by-day basis don't necessarily <laughs> match that. Yeah. And all high level athletes, we just we we just don't see what they have to do day in and day out and what costs that they've paid. Right. And we may never know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. not always the just admirable stuff either. You know what I mean? Like when we talk about like testosterone use and stuff like that, or you yeah. know, it's not just oh no, no, like that young kid, Bill. I'm willing to put in the work. I will do that. It's like, yeah, but that's not the whole story. Right. There's yeah. You know, exactly. the, the realities of drug use and the, the price of those and, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, Tons of things. I mean, there's lots of things that add up. Yep. Family, you, you know, just, issues. Yep. 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 You can just show him Eddie Hall's video after he broke his record. Yeah, and he nearly died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. I mean, there's a reason he stopped. Like, okay, I'm done. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> put another kilo on there and I was dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and- and he's so. pretty crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's saying something, huh? <laughs> you know, too, uh, when I look at this, this is within a normal testosterone range. You're not going to see a ton of studies about guys with five times normal T and what that's going to do to different growths, you know. So the pharmaceutical level of stuff is less charted, you know, than this kind of stuff. So, Yeah. Never, not to mention all the potential ancillary drugs, too. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah, we done we done episodes years ago on the polypharmacy. Yeah, if you think it's just one type of testosterone or even a mix um, to make a bodybuilder or a top powerlifter, uh, n- no, <laughs> that would be that's mostly just no. Uh, let me touch on two other ones that I just thought this might be interesting uh, health stuff for our listeners uh, before we go to break and talk about gym irritations. These are about magnesium. And we've touched on this over the years. I remember ages ago I wrote an article in Flex Magazine about how magnesium could help with uh, carb handling, you know, like um, better insulin sensitivity and things like that. And I remember they allowed someone to write in this back in the day when everything – even the rebuttals were on paper, you know. Hmm. And somebody uh, wrote in, Lowry's got it wrong. It's manganese, not magnesium. And I'm like – there are five references that they let me put in there. Like, yeah. I, I'm directly showing you magnesium. So, no, I am not incorrect. But yeah. anyway, um, these are about magnesium and calcium, uh, and I just thought I would share. First of all, and, and this is maybe especially relevant to our large mammal listeners, 
It says, U.S. adult magnesium requirements need updating. Impacts of rising body weights. Uh, this is by Andrea Rosenoff. Uh, this was actually from November of last year. But it says, adequate magnesium intakes are associated with lower diabetes. Aha. <laughs> Hypertension and cardiovascular disease. Um, but magnesium is low in modern diets. And in fact, it says the... Uh, Published literature relies on reference body weights. And if you're not familiar with that, like the reference mail that was created back in the 1950s by like MetLife and a lot of these insurance companies, five, six hundred and fifty-four pounds reference mail, like even non-lifter men are far larger than that now. So we have to be cautious using these reference body weights. Anyway, so they redid the calculations here uh, it says, in conclusion, just jumping to the end, mean body weight rises over the last 20-plus years, and data-driven estimates of the variance of magnesium, right, in the food supply and intake, indicate that reliable U.S. magnesium RDAs are 60 to 235 milligrams higher for men and 70 to 210 milligrams higher for women. So hmm. that's no small amount. The RDA is like 350, I believe. So they're saying go 60 to 200 roughly above that. So it's not going to hurt to go, I would think, 50 to 100 above that just because people are simply uh, larger. So now I would caution, right? We've talked about this before because, Mike, you and I have talked about like magnesium chelates and some of the better ways to take it. And, but mm -hmm. if you go nuts and if you take like four or 500 milligrams all at once – you're going to be on the potty probably, right? So you have to be careful. Right. Exactly, right? Like what's milk of magnesia? Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's magnesium. It's an, it's an osmotic laxative. So a lot of the up, the funny thing is, you know, Baker Noodle, you look at the upper level tables, the toxicity ceiling, and it's, it's the same or even slightly less in current tables than the RDA. So you're like, how is that possible? Like this is your, what you need and don't go above it. But that's because of pills. Right from foods, magnesium from foods. If you're seeking them, that's not where the ULs usually come into play. At least in this case, it's more like the pills. So, uh, so maybe more magnesium again if you want to avoid things like high blood pressure and prediabetes. And you know, I've known large mammals that fit that bill. So, mm -hmm. and especially because yeah, they're larger, and that's what this paper is about. The other one is about ratios. And I don't want people being like, oh, God, Lowry, now I have to worry about the ratio of one mineral to another. But <laughs> again, we're covering this in class right now near the end of the semester. But minerals compete with each other, right? They're not like macros or vitamins in that you only have so much capacity for absorption and transport proteins. And so they start to compete with each other. And that's what this is about. So this is dietary supplements containing calcium and magnesium and their respective ratio is a rising ratio cause for concern. Uh, so it says low magnesium intakes coupled with high calcium intakes and a high calcium to magnesium ratio have been associated with increased risk of multiple chronic conditions from cardiovascular disease to metabolic syndrome. Again, poor carb handling. That's about one out of three people, by the way. Uh, as well as some cancers such as colorectal, prostate, and esophageal cancer, as well as total mortality. So it says a high dietary calcium to magnesium ratio over 2.6. So more than 2.6 to 1 calcium to magnesium uh, may affect body magnesium status. And again, the easy way I try to pitch that in class is 
they compete with each other, right? You're excited. You start taking thousands of milligrams of calcium because you, I don't know, grandma has osteoporosis, and you could end up kind of screwing your magnesium status, right? Because these little divalent minerals are going to compete with each other. It says a calcium to magnesium ratio range of 1.7 to 2.6. Just wait for weight has been proposed as an optimum range. So the safe way, I would just simplify that and say two to one. If you're taking calcium, you should take half as much magnesium. Um, Again, keeping in mind that (laughs) laxative effect, you know, keeping your eye on that. Data from NHANES surveys shows that the mean calcium to magnesium ratio from foods, foods alone in the U.S., has been well over three. So we're getting more than three to one calcium to magnesium from foods. This doesn't surprise me because even if you're lactose intolerant, right, they, a lot of these quote-unquote functional foods, you know, they're putting calcium in OJ and all kinds of stuff. So over three, so too high. It says supplement-wise, one-third of Americans consume a magnesium supplement with a mean dose of 146 milligrams per day. And about a third of Americans consume a calcium supplement, but that mean dose is 479 milligrams a day. So again, from food too much calcium, and with supplements, too much calcium. So our findings of calculated calcium to magnesium ratios from dietary supplements and foods uh, suggest that an individual with high calcium intakes from diet and or supplements, uh, a magnesium supplement may be warranted to establish a more favorable ratio. So I checked my evening. I take a calcium-magnesium zinc for simplicity. It's two to one, uh, calcium to magnesium. Um, but yeah, magnesium is one of those under-consumed minerals that I've been concerned about and written some things about for a long time. So, um, Mike, do you have any thoughts about this? Do you watch that ratio or seek magnesium or anything like that? Yeah, in general, most people, they just need more magnesium, mm-hmm. especially lifters. You know, like you said, if there's any dietary restrictions or they're, you know, can't consume, you know, milk products or no whey or yogurt or you know, your typical calcium type sources, then that might be a little bit different. But uh, for most lifters, especially if they're consuming those foods, I just find magnesium is really low, really easy, but it's kind of a rough and dirty back of the envelope is just to scan their dietary log. Look for anything green. It's not like green Skittles or M&Ms or something. (laughs) And if they're missing like all green things, you can almost guarantee they're super magnesium deficient mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, because the magnesium is the center of the little chlorophyll molecule. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how chlorophyll magnesium is to chlorophyll what iron is to our hemoglobin in our blood. You know, yep. it's very interesting. Exactly. Um, I will say this. It also magnesium is used uh, pharmaceutically as a muscle relaxant. So the, one of the reasons I take it about an hour before bed, it's probably honestly not enough to do much, but Sometimes I'll get restless legs, especially if I've had too much caffeine earlier in the day and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm hoping it helps to some extent. But, yeah, if you struggle with cramps and that sort of things or muscles too eager to contract, magnesium supplements could help you potentially. Um, you know, even OBGYN, when my wife was pregnant with my son, she was at risk of premature uh, contractions, premature labor. And so they put her on magnesium to try to calm that shit down, <laughs> you know. So – yeah. If you yeah. need to make weight for a powerlifting meet and you're like two pounds heavy, slam a bottle of magnesium citrate and you will make weight. <laughs> oh my About God. an hour later, you'll be good. Phil's <laughs> yeah. in the trenches approach. <laughs> that stuff works, man. Woo. Yeah. 
You know, and you know it's just... give you before colonoscopies, too, I think? I think so. But yeah, I clear you out. Worse for the counter yep. stuff. But... <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and it's not toxic. It's just an osmotic laxative. Like, there's nothing, mm. you know, it just, all that magnesium sits in there and draws fluid and you make weight. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> okay. <sighs> magnesium citrate's really cheap, so I'll tell people just, you know, start with, a, you know, one cap at night and then go to maybe two... If you're a large mammal, maybe three. And the benefit of taking it at night is you're probably going to be at home. So if you kind of go over your threshold, you're hopefully close to the bathroom. But That's practical. The, yep. Yeah. And you can get fancier after that if you need to add more magnesium, obviously assuming you're eating you know, real green things and plants and stuff. Yep. You know, I think this may especially apply to women, the kind of message they get about osteoporosis and, and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff that they're taking calcium pills and you might want to just you know add in just add in a magnesium or find uh yeah some brand that has a a a ratio that's like that two to one ratio i don't know yeah i'm more convinced that magnesium is probably more important than calcium although i get a lot of hate mail for this but i just find magnesium deficiencies are way more prevalent than i find actual frank calcium deficiencies and even the osteoporosis thing, if they're not lifting or doing some stimulation to remodel bone, like all the calcium supplements in the world aren't really going to help you a ton. Calcium, yeah, it seems to get a lot of positive press, doesn't it? It just... Um, yeah. Oh, and yet, the Canadians in 2019 dropped dairy from their food guide. They have water, mm-hmm. right? Where we have milk, they have water. And people are like, oh, that's a food group from the time we were little kids. And, you know, and um, yeah, but... It, it is kind of shocking to see that, you know. Uh, okay, let's go to break, and we'll come back. And I've just uh, I got some questions for you guys. What you've seen? Social irritations uh, from your gym life. Hello, dear ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you know who this is. Uh, so I'm here to tell you about uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson's uh, new book, uh, Why You Should Eat Keto. I don't do it because, I mean, look at me. Come on, I'm fabulous and I'm fantastic. Anyway, you should text uh, Keto ebook all in one word to 44222 to receive your free copy. Do it. Do it now. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming, and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. For this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Okay, listeners. After more than a decade of joining us on the podcast airwaves, you can now also become viewers on YouTube. This is not our usual simple backup of the audio show, but rather a growing body of video taste tests covering various foods of interest to nutrition enthusiasts, bodybuilders, and powerlifters. From within YouTube, simply search for Iron Radio Taste Test or Nutrition Radio Taste Test, In about 15 minutes, we cover taste and texture, similar to other products, uh, usefulness to the co-hosts, and whether we would recommend the product to certain clients. 
You may even want to watch our podcast feed or Facebook group for which products are coming down the pike so you can taste test them with us. Join us for this new monthly project. Fix of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Alrighty, so we're back. It's Mike and Phil and Lonnie, and we are going to talk about irritants in the gym, social things, things that as we reemerge as a, a globe back into gyms more. In fact, yesterday I went to the uh, university's got an extra little gym area in the field house they just built, and I'm like, I'm there. I mean, the dumbbells are actually big enough, you know, stuff like that. Not that I'm pushing real big dumbbells, but. You know what it's usually like when you travel, Mike. Like, oh, here's your 50s. Here's your 30s. 50s. Yeah, 35 <laughs> sometimes. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm looking at all this new equipment, and it was just like kidney candy store. I'm like, I just want to go use it, you know, run across the new fallen snow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time I've actually been back in. And, I'm, you know, I'm vaccinated and everything, you know, because obviously the COVID thing is still a thing and it's one of the reasons a lot of gyms closed down the more private clubs and stuff i think were uh less hit than some of the big ones you know where you just get the idiots in there and that's kind of what we're talking about here today is you know the idiots maybe um maybe that's too harsh but so we've got i've got a couple things on this list and phil i was going to ask you so first of all maybe you can explain your history in commercial gyms or how you avoided them or you know whatever God, basically, I just haven't, I have never been the member of a commercial gym. So I started out with my own training equipment for a long time and then uh, moved to private training centers from there that I was helping at and then my own gym. So <laughs> I've, I've been to commercial gyms. Like when we moved back here, when we first moved back here, we had about a month where, you know, my stuff wasn't set up and I promptly got kicked out of every gym in town within the first <laughs> visit. Um, <laughs> But, so I was like, oh, okay. So then we just trained in our storage unit with a bar and some weights. Uh, yeah, I've just been, I know the horror stories, but I've been lucky enough to avoid them primarily just because I've always either trained in my own gym or in my garage or whatever. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mike? You've been, you've been around. Yeah, I've been, I've been pretty lucky that the past 12 years I've been able to train in my garage, which I converted to a gym slash lab slash whatever. Um, but traveling a lot, obviously, you're going to be subjected to whatever gyms you can potentially find. And even in the, the Twin Cities, when I'm back home, I've been home more this past year. I have a gym membership there. Just I had to go use dumbbells, use some different machines, get out of my house once in a while, once or twice a week. Um, I hadn't been going there at all up until recently. So I've gone there twice before I, I left to travel again. And even then, I mean, obviously everything is quite different and spaced out and (sighs) so I'm just doing, trying to be nice and just use one piece of equipment 
because you have to clean everything up and uh, which hopefully will kind of reduce some of the annoyance of, you know, one person using five pieces of equipment at once. And so I'm just doing some dumbbell bench press, some dumbbell rows. I'm just next to a flat bench. And this kid's like, hey, man, how many sets do you have left? And I'm like thinking, well, I was going to do some other accessory work here, but it's getting a little busier. I'm like, okay. I said, I'll be done with these, you know, exercises in two sets. It's like, okay, I need to use the bench. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So I finished my last, you know, two sets, and I'm like, I'll just go do some other accessory work. It's not a big deal. <laughs> and then later I watch him, so he uses the bench once and then disappears to go talk to his friends at another piece of equipment, uses another piece of equipment, and then another piece, and then comes back to the bench again, which, of course, he left the dumbbells and everything on, like, 15 minutes later. <laughs> which I'm like... Mm -hmm. If you're going to use the thing, then use the thing and not. And it was like, you know, starting to get relatively busy in the gym. It wasn't like nobody was there, mm -hmm. um, but he was in a super hurry. And then, you know, he was just wandering around doing whatever. So that kind of annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of the, the flip side, you know, like the butterfly, if you will. Yeah. The flip side of the guys who hog a piece of equipment. You right, know? who never leave. Yeah, um, that happens a handful of times that I can recall. I lived at a gym that's kind of, it's, it's not a big box gym. You know, it's, it's a mom-pa kind of gym. It's an 80s-style gym. But even then, you know, you get the guy who he brings this giant gym bag, and he unpacks like he's on vacation, uh, and he just <laughs> sets up shop. Like we have – it's in the powerlifting room. Like the back room is for powerlifters. But that's where, you know, the squat rack and the power rack, and there's really just like one or two examples of each of these. So this is a burden, right? It's not like your situation, Phil, where people can go from one to another. There's lots of yeah. places to do this. Unpacks everything, knee wraps rolled all out, you know, everything just, you know. And then he's, his foam roller, 20 minutes of that, and you're like, Jesus, man. Can you just <laughs> get your – get it done <laughs> and then go do that stuff in the corner. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the flip side of what you're seeing, Mike, was, you know, you get the butterfly contaminating everything, especially in an age where, you know, you, mm -hmm. you kind of, even in a best case scenario, you should probably wipe down if you le really leave a big mess, you know, mm -hmm. um, like the, the cardio, the exercise bikes uh, at Bodybuilders Gym are literally like almost crusty with salt streams down the sides <laughs> of them. Like, wipe that shit down, you know, Um and yeah, now it's especially nasty. I mean, since you're bringing that up, that was one of the things on the list uh, was unsanitary behaviors. You know, people are coughing and hacking in their hands and then grabbing the barbell or spitting on their hands when they grab the barbell, you know, or tracking wet, um, you know, outside water you know, onto the, the platform or something. You're like, come on, man. But Phil, you probably don't have problems with a lot of this stuff because your guys are on a program or is it just the culture yeah, or... And also, I mean, as far as, like, camping in one area, we teach something that most people teach their infants. It's called sharing. Yeah. <laughs> and and I show people that the bars are loadable. Like, those plates come on and off. So, like, if somebody's squatting 700, you can squat with somebody that squats 300. You merely take a few plates off. And while you're resting, they go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like my training partner. His max is, I don't know, four. 85 or something like that. Mine's seven something. Guess what? We train together. We pull plates off. <laughs> right. <laughs> those, those bars are adjustable. Um, <laughs> right. 
yeah, so we don't have a lot of that problem. I mean, and then like our old members will also like, especially uh, one of the older members that's been there forever, Nan. Uh, somebody leaves their shit out, she will call you out. She will like go on social media and blast you like, hey, you left your shit out. <laughs> Even social media. <laughs> <She'll probably> <laughs> <shame> <laughs> you. <laughs> so that stops people from doing that. I mean, and yeah, you won't hear the end of it. Public shame. And yeah, you'll get public shamed. And, wow. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, you know, we teach sharing and yeah, uh, try to have enough room for everybody to do their thing. And I'll also adjust like, hey, man, everybody's benching. Can I do this? Yeah, let's just adjust it today because it's freaking we got 20 people benching already mm-hmm. forever. So, um, yeah, leaving weights. Fly. Yeah, you don't leave your weights. I mean, that's like something you should have been taught when you were a kid, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't leave a mess. And that means weight on the bar. That Yeah. Especially the leg press in commercial gyms. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but okay, if, if you can get on there and do however many crappy reps with, you know, five forty fives on each side or whatever, I'm pretty sure you're a capable human to get them off there. But it just <laughs> boggles my mind sometimes because then you think someone's actually really using it and then like forty five minutes go by and you realize like nobody's used it and they just walked away and just left him there. <laughs> yeah. I have thought about though doing like, I think it was Louis Simmons that did it. I've thought about doing this on our mono lift. And then we have a deadlift platform that basically it's a lot thicker. It's four inches thick. Just so it won't mess up the floor. So it's like, yeah, if you're deadlifting over 500, let's try and go on that. Um, yeah. I thought about just welding hundred pound plates onto those bars. There like, you go. Eh, your first warm up is <laughs> if you're going to use this. That's brilliant. So, that is brilliant. <laughs> so, yep, that would do it because then only that, the experienced guys. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, if if you get enough advanced lifters, you could literally just leave a bar loaded. That's the heavy platform. Yep. Exactly what you said. If you know, if you can't warm up with at least two twenty five. You have to use the other platform. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. So. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's really cool. that's <laughs> yeah. clever. Just weld some hundreds on and call it good. Yep. So. Yep. Um, a, a couple other things. Uh, Phil, you have mixed genders. Do you ever have, you know, like the cheesy guy, like fawning on the girl, kind of hitting on her or that kind of thing? Or that, would your women just beat him up or what? That, would, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't last long. So, yeah, no, that wouldn't last long. It would – uh. They would be, they would find themselves leaving. It, our, our own members would police you. We do a good job of policing people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but I've heard all the horror stories. And it seems like, you know, from my outsider view, just from hearing other people, it's like commercial gyms nowadays are, most people aren't there to actually train. Mm, so, yeah, like a social club. Uh, yeah. So, and yeah. not saying we have a good time. We socialize a lot, but we socialize in between the sets. Oh, right. Yeah. No, right. Uh, we have a lot of fun and joke around, but uh, yeah. You know what? And yet, um, I guess it's the culture there then because I've trained – I went from a mom pod gym where I was sort of the manager to when I moved out west for grad school, I trained at Gold's for a year. Um, and that was pretty we, – we all know. Like this was San Diego. This isn't like downtown Venice Beach, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's gen pop, man. Um, and you did see sort of that. You know, listen, this isn't a bar. You're not here to pick somebody up, you know, kind of thing because yeah. you're trying to lift. And But there's a fine line between what you just said. Stand around, have a joke because you can watch even yeah. like Arnold in the documentaries. And then they get, they turn on the concentration and get back yes. at it. 
Um, as yeah. opposed to the people who don't do that. Here's an irritation. Yeah. And they just sit around and they just shoot the shit for 20 minutes. It's like, can you get off of that then? I don't deal well with people that aren't self-motivated. <laughs> uh, I just I can't handle like uh, I don't either. Like I won't take on clients anymore unless they just they really want their goal. Like if you need me to can constantly cheerlead you, I'm the wrong dude. It ain't happening. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll show you the map and you know I'll tell you you're doing good and I'll correct things, but I'm not going to talk you into doing your next set. <laughs> you talk you into bargain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's um that's actually high on my list, Phil. Uh, is the personal trainers, and I think this may be more than not that are they 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 think their role is cheerleader. Mm. Come on, lightweight, whoop, you know. And when that's happening in the gym, I'm glad I have headphones on because if I didn't, I'd be like, man, shut up, right? Hey, buddy, <laughs> shut up. And if your client needs that, go to some wussy gym. This is not going to work here. And that, I suppose that could even take the form of, like, the good old boys clicks, you know, that are just especially annoying, um, grunting, yelling, um, a little bit of that in good fun. Like, if you're on a team, a little bit of encouragement. I'm not saying that's bad, but you know what I mean, where socially I think this can kind of go bad, you know. Maybe you get a couple of guys who they're just convinced that they're uh, on the cover of a muscle magazine, you know, and they're they're the badass crew, and they're going to glare at everybody and walk around in the mating posture, and you're like, oh god, and so you're lucky, Phil. Maybe that's more of a bodybuilding thing. I don't I don't see powerlifters doing that as much. Maybe some swagger, but not like the posing, <laughs> you yeah, know, no. in the mirror. It's it's like, listen, you're not practicing, you're not going to compete. What are you doing? You're just trying to feed your ego or, or what are you doing? So put your arms down kind of thing. Yeah, like we have one mirror in the gym and it's in the bathroom and it's like 12 by 12 inches, not feet. <laughs> you know, you're not going to find a place to pose. <laughs> yep. Yep. In fact, I had a student um, recently say, oh, the problem with the new fitness area they put in along the in the field house, there's no mirrors, you know, and. It's true, I think. I did get used to mirrors when I would squat. In the early years when I would squat, I couldn't do it without a mirror. And that's the opposite of the way you guys probably think, Phil, right? I I can't squat in a mirror. Like if there was a power rack, I'd have to go backwards. Yeah, disorienting. Yep. Yeah. So because I'd be trying to watch myself. Right. Oh, that looks weird. I can't do it. I just need to squat. (laughs) Yeah, you got the coach's mind too. You're critiquing yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So it's weird. The. The gym down here, um, they have a squat rack that, well, it's on the second floor, so they don't want anyone to lift heavy. I've almost gotten thrown out just by setting dumbbells down. But God. they put a, a thin foam mat under the area that you squat now, and it's in front of a mirror. It's one of those like kind of half racks. And so to not be on the little foam mat, which doesn't go under the weights. It goes under your feet. Mm-hmm. You have to step all the way out of the rack. So I'm like, oh, so they don't really want anyone to squat heavy because even like warm up weight, you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I'm trying to watch myself in a mirror and my feet are going every which way. It's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, at least from the perspective. And listen, I love bodybuilding. Um, I'm not against that, but it's one thing like imagine Tom Platts. He pulls off some old school sweatpants. He's been dieting his ass off. He's six weeks out from a show and he needs to take a look at himself or have somebody else. That's not the I'm not complaining about that. Right. I'm complaining about the people who will never compete. Um, 
<laughs> and, and it's okay, and, you know. And I guess if you want some motivation or something, but I, like, uh, I, what comes to mind is a young man. He's probably about twenty. Uh, right before I left the gym, I saw a lot of that, you know. And he's roughly the size of a middleweight-ish wrestler, you know, like mildly muscular. And I'm like, and I try to remind myself, Lonnie, you were kind of that kid once upon a time, you know. So I'm trying to look the other way a little bit and just not indulge it too much. Um, yeah, but, you don't have to check yourself out in the mirror after every single rep, though. Yeah. No. no right. <laughs> yeah. Little impromptu posing seminar for everybody around you, and you weigh 155 pounds. You know. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, Phil, do you ever ha- have you come across anybody with like? Um, I guess you, you would run them out of your gym, but. Um, swagger, too much swagger, too much like I'm a badass kind of thing, or does that not happen yeah. as much? Oh no, that happens. We've had people come in that they're too big for their britches, and they come in and think they're hot <laughs> shit. And you know, that's the, the cool thing is, but most of the time our women can shut them down. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, we definitely just go by uh, what would I what would you call it? You know, uh, lead by example. So you know, if you come in. Somebody in our gym, if you think you're hot shit, somebody in our gym is going to show you, eh, maybe not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Pretty quickly. Right. If you truly aren't and just think you are. But, uh, yeah, because we constantly, I mean, I don't know. I think it's part of the weird team atmosphere of sports and stuff. Um, the biggest thing we do for each other is not cheer each other on. We talk shit on each other. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a motive. But it's all in fun. It's It's... You're poking at each other, but the minute somebody's like getting cocky, it's like, oh yeah, well Gina did that for four reps, so shut up, you know? <laughs> or you know whatever, you know. Right. Get back to work, you know. We, we celebrate your victories, but it's short lived, you know. And it's like, oh, you better get better. So right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a real coaching technique I've seen over the years. That's sort of the the good humored busting on people, you know. Yeah, that's helpful, actually. Yeah. Even um. My academic advisor used to be like that, you know, with with stuff. Anytime you felt a little bit too much success, you're just gonna get, you're yeah. gonna get taken down a notch. Yep. So that, that's, that's good stuff. Um, Mike, what about are are you? Um, how much have you fled from commercial gyms? Like you've you've got a practically a commercial gym at home. I'm guessing like your setup has got to be pretty pretty good. Lots of variety. Um, but where are you yeah. with returning to all this and? You know, what are you not looking forward to when you do, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky. Like, I created a platform at home, put a, you know, elite FDS 2x2 two two rack. I, uh, at the time, Eric Cressy is like, hey, just just call elite FDS and talk to Wendler. I'm like, okay. So that was a interesting two-and-a-half-hour conversation. <laughs> 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 it was like 10 minutes on equipment and it was great. He was super knowledgeable, just great guy. And then it was another two hours about testosterone and death metal. So that was yeah. fine too. <laughs> yeah. That's your thing. Man. Um, yeah, this is a Texas power bar, uh, trap bar, um, all the basic stuff. And then just added more, more grip stuff, different bars, tire, kegs, stones, um, uh, got an inch dumbbell replica, 135 pound, hundred pound inch replica. So, all sorts of fun stuff. And I like it. Like most of the time, like this past year even, or especially when I was traveling, this past year has been busier with more work stuff. 
Oh man, I mean the amount of sessions that I would have missed if I could only go to a commercial gym, which is literally only like three quarters of a mile down the road. Yeah, I probably would have missed forty percent of the sessions. Oh, I did, yeah, know, just to be able to walk out and it's like, okay, I'm just going to do some deadlifts or front squat or kettlebell stuff or whatever. I've only got like twenty minutes some days that yep. there's no way I would even make it to the gym otherwise. So. So that's been super nice. Um, I do kind of miss the variety. I don't have dumbbells at home on purpose. I get a bunch of kettlebells, a bunch of other stuff. Um, so you go the do kind of the bro stuff, I guess you could say, at the gym once in a while. Or when you travel, I would try to find a nicer kind of private gym and just do the the what I call random bro circuit, where you just kind of look at a bunch of different machines and play with them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sure. See, that's, that's always fun. Whenever I go, like the last commercial gym I was in was with uh, Dave Lipson up in Colorado. Oh, nice. And all we did was machines and I was wrecked. It was, we just oh, had like yeah. fun with all the machines and I couldn't, not, my lats were so sore the next day. It was all backward. And it was like, that's my, if I go to a commercial gym, I'm just going to be like a kidney candy store. Yeah. I want to see what that thing does. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I just never get that. And it's fun. I just go in there and have fun with all the machines. So. Smorgasbord, you know, like buffet, yeah. buffet, like, yeah. buffet line yeah, <laughs> of equipment. Good. Two or three sets on each of these 20 machines and see what happens. So, yeah. But, well, yeah. And I mean, there are advantages. Of course there are. I, I think I get longer workouts because when I go up to bodybuilders, and like I said, I'm about to return. Um, I'm sure they're going to be like, where were you, man? I'm like, well, you know, uh, I, I'm middle class and I can't afford to get sick, even on the off chance that all my whole family gets mm-hmm. sick enough that we need medical care. We can't, you know, I'm and I'm covered. I have insurance. <laughs> it's the bad thing. And I know people that live in the UK or Europe, they're like, oh, I don't understand. Well, no, you don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we could burn through 20 grand, not Oof. not hard what to do that. And oh, so... Uh, I, I just couldn't afford to do that, you know, for something, especially I'm kicking myself. I pick up something at the gym because, you know, I do lift in kind of a grungy gym. You know, it's not one of these everybody doesn't walk around with a spray bottle after themselves and kind of thing. The the ceiling leaks here and there. And, you know, uh, in some ways it's like Strength Guild, Phil, except, you know, it's got more machines and it's got a separate place for the powerlifters and the bodybuilders. And But you know what I mean? It, it is it's somewhere between club environment and gen pop goobers. But it is in an urban setting, and so you'll get people walk in, and sometimes and you're like, oh, here we go, you know. <laughs> so uh, that's about it, really. I just wanted to touch on some things, I suppose. Maybe these are things that I'm thinking about because I'm going to head back into the gym, <laughs> you know. And I'm yeah. you know, and because I'm the kind of guy, my favorite gym is on the rare occasion, like a Saturday or a Sunday, I, I would go in. Nobody, like not a soul. Yeah. I love empty gyms, but not everybody's yeah. like that, I guess. You know, yeah. it depends on your personality, I think. Um, yeah. I found, especially from traveling, if I put on headphones with death metal and wear a black shirt that has some death metal band on it where you can't read the writing and you just don't look at anyone the whole time in the gym, like then it's like bearable, unless I'm there with like people I know or something like that. But right. I've, I've made the mistake once or twice of, wearing a more let's say different color shirt that has like a, a logo or something that someone could talk to you about on it hmm. oh i yeah that was a mistake <laughs> right no exactly because you're kind of inviting yeah wasted right. chin chat yeah yep. and i forgot about it till you know the and you forget what you you know a lot of times what you're wearing so between sets you're going to get some water and someone's like oh hey blah 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 and you're like oh i don't <laughs> I just want to get my stuff done. Right. I want to talk to you for 20 minutes. 
Not yeah. trying to be rude, but, you know. <laughs> I've heard people comment, uh, I'm back in the day, Lee Labrada, they'd say, no, he's in, out with headphones, doesn't talk to anybody. You know, and you hear that about a lot of people. You know, they yeah, just, mm-hmm. and I'm there to go inside, you know, to, quote, yeah. unquote. Mm-hmm. Like, get, yeah, put the metal on, earbuds. I'm, I, I'm looking down. I think it was even Tom Platt, and it, as animated as he, as he could get, I think it was him that they said he just looked down a lot and, like, He's mm-hmm. avoiding you on purpose, man. Don't yes. go. Yeah. Don't poke yeah, his shoulder and ask him to take yeah. out his headphones. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Damn. So, anyway. Yeah. The last little comment I had was this happened a couple of years ago. I was at the same gym at home, and I don't use like the preformed like easy curl bars all that often. But I don't remember what I was doing. I made some bicep curls, reverse curls, or something. And I'm looking at the whole rack, and I'm like, the seventy pounds is missing. And then it starts to bother me. I'm like, okay, someone's probably in use with it. I'm looking all around the gym. Huh, it's not here. It was here when I came in, so it's not broken. I'm like, what the hell? And it just, for whatever reason, it just starts bothering me. I'm like, it's going to just walked out of the gym. And about 10 minutes later, I see this guy go behind the cable machine. And he had put it on end behind there. Comes out from around behind the machine with the... 70 pound easy curl bar does some weird upper body high pull boxing type thing with it that i'm not really sure what it was and then he goes and sticks it back behind the machine again (laughs) is he hiding it for like he's hiding it oh god he wasn't using it that much he was using it like once every 15 minutes like a (laughs) gym squirrel like hiding his equipment in the gym You do. You run into that that kind of weirdness, and I, I, it is nice, Phil. You're in a sense you're spoiled. You'd be like, dude, get out. Like, no, no explanation. Yeah. You're fired. You're yep. firing your members, yep. <laughs> or you don't yep. qualify to be a member. You know, yeah. I, I, the only situation I remember like that, and then I'll uh, we'll close out here. Is there was a guy I mentioned this years ago when it was happening? Screamer, like this guy's mm. not in shape at all. Um, but he's got on, you know, he's got like the bodybuilding.com bag or whatever, or, you know, whatever it is. He's like, he's really excited about this. And every rep, oh, just screaming. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. And you can only take it for so long. I mean, every rep, that's, you know, think about it. So 10, 10 yelps, 10 screams, or very loud <laughs> grunts every set. Uh, and after a while, you're like, somebody uh, go talk to Pep at the front desk or one of the kids he's got yeah. working. Like, dude, you, I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. That's just such a transgression, social faux pas, that you've got to shut that down. Because, you know, it's not helping him either. And he's just got to, so you got to clue that in. Because that's almost maladjusted. Yeah. All right, cool stuff. I guess. Good chat. Get my squad on. Nice. All right. Yep. I guess. See ya. Catch you later. See ya. Bye. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast 
and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.